it doesn't take long to say thank you, does it? And um, I think we need to develop a, a culture. I think that's all right. It's very hard to hear from up here. Um, we need to develop a culture that says thank you, and that's what we focused on last week when we had our thank you Sunday to round out the year 2018. Well, welcome to the very first Sunday Connect for 2019. Wow, it's going to be a great year. I, I really Amen. feel that. Uh, we did a bit of cleaning up around our house. We were talking with Michelle a little earlier. She was doing the same thing. We, we um, had a big, big trip to the, um, to the charity bins. We uh, made two trips to the tip. I uh, even got rid of paint. We had cans of paint that were in our house when we bought it in uh, 2009. And finally I said to Jeanette, I'm going to get rid of the paint. And, and there were about five or six cans of paint that were left here when People's Church moved out. And so we took all of that down to the um, paint disposal unit at the um, council tip at uh, Molendina. And uh, so I got rid of all of that rubbish from the side of our house. And Oh, it's great. It's great. And, 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 and I really felt, it's a bit silly, I suppose, and we, we shouldn't really over-spiritualise these things, but I really felt that it was a good thing to do as the year turned around from 2018 to 2019. And by the way, I'm not going to wear shorts every Sunday, but I'm in the rebellious mood today because this is the last day of my holidays. I go back to work tomorrow. And uh, I haven't had a shave. I'm wearing shorts and I'm wearing my flamingo shirt because I'm rebelling. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm rebelling against. But anyway, that's my story. That's my... Who said that? Oh, I, I, can we excommunicate people from a Pentecostal church? Do they do, they do that? No, we probably won't. But I'll tell you what. Might have to step down from leadership for a week or two. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord, eh? Um, Jeanette's got some stuff organised for Children's Church today. I know what it is, but I'm not saying. But it's pretty exciting. I won't say any more. So if, if, if kids want to go out and join Jeanette, you feel free to do so. I think Evangeline's going out because she knows what's coming up. Uh, prayer, we won't do prayer uh, tomorrow, just give folks a little, a little break, um, especially Ainsley and Jeanette, because they do virtually all of the administration uh, for the church, so I thought it'd be good to give them a little bit of a break. In fact, Jeanette actually goes back to work tomorrow, she doesn't normally work on a Monday, but she does have to work tomorrow to get everything ready for the new year in her, in her job. So we won't have our normal prayer meeting tomorrow morning, that will resume next week. Okay, um, just before I get into our discussion point today, um, I, I made a commitment to giving a very brief financial report on a monthly basis and uh, our statements come out around about the 23rd of the month. So this report is for the month ended around about the 23rd of December. In fact, I think this month it might have been the 24th, but it doesn't really matter all that much. So um, we, we have two, two accounts. We have a main account and we have a petty cash account. I think I might have forgotten to put the petty cash account in this time, but um, we didn't have any withdrawals from petty cash in the past month, and there was a deposit of about $269. So 
in some sense. It was 269.85 or something like that. But from our main account, we, we started uh, the month with uh, just over $2,500. We um, had deposits, and they're all tithes and offerings. That's, uh, we don't have any other, any other revenue, tithes and offerings from folk in the church. And uh, we actually spent a bit more than that, uh, $5,500 roughly, leaving a balance just before Christmas of just over $1,500. Um, as always, our main expense is rent, nearly $4,000, and rent will actually go up as from next month. Uh, January will stay the same, but there's a rent increase due uh, from February on. That's part of the contract. And uh, next year, we might see if we can have that contract revised because our rent goes up by 4% a year, which more than double the inflation rate. And uh, I'm not terribly happy about that. So we'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, as we move into the following the following year, so rent is just under four thousand uh, dollars a month for us to be in this in this space. Uh, missions is our next largest giving that was six hundred and eighty dollars in the last month. Uh, that's about seventeen uh, percent of our expenses. There's a whole bunch of other small expenses that added up to about eight hundred and seventy dollars. So. Um, uh, they include a whole lot of things. Like we have a little visa card that we use for regular payments. We, we have to make a monthly payment uh, to use our projector system and so on. And uh, we have a visa card for those sorts of expenses, the ongoing things. So we use a, a bit of software like Dropbox. We, we um, use Planning Centre. And uh, there are monthly payments for those as well. So um, that's where we're at uh, financially. And praise the Lord, you know, we've always paid our bills in full and on time. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful testimony, uh, not just to the faithfulness of you, but also to the faithfulness of God, who is ultimately our provider. We're having a bit of problem with the air conditioning. The air conditioning must think it's working too hard. Either or maybe it shouldn't work on a Sunday or something like that. But um, we, uh, we certainly need that air conditioning today. Well, I feel very excited about our discussion point today. I don't know that it'll be a particularly long one, but maybe I shouldn't say that because it might, it might just grow. But about probably six weeks ago now, Ainsley and I were talking about whether or not, you know, God was going to give us like a verse for the year. You might recall about this time last year. We, we, uh, we started the year, we did start the year with a verse from Isaiah where God was assuring us that he was about to do something new, that he was about to create a road in the wilderness and, and produce streams in the desert. And I, I said at the time that I didn't want it to become my practice that at the beginning of every year we'd have a word from God and I'd, I'd speak that word from the pulpit and I'd tell you folk, fall in line. Because I know that happens in a lot of churches. And, and look, that's possibly right for a lot of churches. But I haven't really felt necessarily that that should or even would become part of our culture. So I'm not suggesting that this is some special word for the year 2019. But this scripture has been on my heart now ever since the conversation I had with, with Ainsley. 
And uh, we were talking about some um, special services that we wanted to plan uh, during 2019. And uh, Genesis 8, verse 22, just came, came into my heart. And uh, I'm going to spend more time talking about it later in the year. But you don't often hear Noah preached post-flood. I mean, all of us are aware of the story of the flood. We're, we're aware that God was dissatisfied because all of humanity had fallen into a state of depravity. And only Noah was left on earth a righteous man. And uh, we actually see that he wasn't a perfect man, by the way, because he got drunk, remember? And fell asleep naked. And it led to a whole lot of things that stuffed up much of humanity. See, we must never underestimate the impact of sin. Sin is not an individual thing. It's not something that just impacts us. It can impact the whole of a community. But nevertheless, in God's eyes, Noah was a righteous man. He was a man of faith because he was prepared to do what God called him to do. He built an ark at God's behest. Now you might think, so what? Well, the thing is, as far as we're aware, there had never been any rain in the earth until that time. There was, our understanding is that there was was a mist that kept the earth surface moist so things would grow. But rain as we know it didn't exist. And Noah starts building an ark. And it took him a very long time. And the people ridiculed him. They didn't believe it was going to rain because for one, they'd never had any experience of rain and second they were depraved they had stopped walking with the Lord they weren't attuned to the Lord's heart so although Noah wasn't a perfect man in God's eyes, he was righteous because he had the faith to do as God asked him to do. He had the faith to actually listen to the voice of God. So it rained, and as we all know, all life on earth was snuffed out except that which was in the ark. In a sense, God had said, I'm going to wipe the slate clean. And for those of you who don't know what a slate is, we actually had slates, believe it or not. When I started school, which is quite a long time ago, we had slates. And you wrote on slates with a special pencil. And then when you've covered the slate, you'd wipe it off with a wet rag and you could start all over again. It's magnificent piece of technology actually 
Now, for those of you who don't understand that analogy, perhaps it was like cleaning the whiteboard, all right? He decided to clean the whiteboard of the whole of his creation in earth. And so it rained and the floods came and all the people except Noah and his family and what he'd taken on the ark perished. After the flood, and this is what we don't hear so much about in the church today, and I, and I think this has led to some misunderstanding about what life ought to be like on the earth today. But after the flood, after the, the flood waters uh, receded, remember that the dove was, was sent out and it came back with an olive branch? And given the altitudes at which olives grow, that was a signal that the water had receded from most parts of the earth. Also, olives are very tough. And so, olives and other plant life actually regenerated after, after the flood. But Noah got the olive branch. That was an indicator to him that he could find some dry ground. All the animals came off the ark, as did his family. And then Noah did something very significant, which is indicative of his state of faith. He offered a burnt offering to God. Now this was before the law. This was before the law of Moses. But you see, because he was a man of faith, he knew God's heart. And he offered up a sacrifice to the Lord. Now I've only summarised the, um, the whole of uh, Genesis 8 verses uh, 20 to 22. I'll read the whole lot out for you. So this is after the flood, after the animals and Noah's family had left the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the land for man's sake. Although the imaginations of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth and on all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. You shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. Surely for your lifeblood I will demand a reckoning. From the hand of every beast I will require it, and from the hand of man. From the hand of every man's brother I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. And as for you, be fruitful and multiply. 
Bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. I'm into chapter 9, by the way. Uh, then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. You know, I love that. And, and, and if you think back to uh, Genesis chapter 1, the blessing that God announced over Noah and his family and all the creatures of the earth after the flood is identical in every respect but one to the Adamic blessing. The only thing missing in the Noahic blessing is... What's, I've lost the word now. Uh, it, it's the, the dominion, the part of... Sorry. The dominion blessing is there. It's the... Oh. Anyway, it's like pruning. It's not there. Oh, David, help me. Help me, David. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually got... Let me just... Um, no, no, just let me... Yeah. I'll just find it for you. It's unforgivable that I forget this because if, if Helen was here, she'd be in stitches by now. Because she knows that I love Genesis chapter 1. There is only one thing missing. It's about Genesis chapter 28. Subdue. The word subdue, that's the one. The word subdue is missing from the Noahic covenant. Now, I have a theory about that. Um, and I don't know whether you've ever grown vegetables or, or grown a garden. When you plant things in virgin soil that hasn't been used to grow vegetables or trees or even grass before, it's very, very vigorous. And I have this picture of, uh, I don't know how he did it because he was naked, but Adam going around with a pair of secateurs and, and, and he had to trim everything because it was growing so abundantly and vigorously. Because there, you couldn't get more virgin soil than the soil that existed in the Garden of Eden at creation. So the only thing that's different in the Noahic blessing is the word subdue is no longer there. And, and I think that's probably because the, the earth wasn't virgin earth anymore. And, and sometimes I think it's a good thing for us to meditate on the Noahic blessing 
because it comes after the Adamic blessing. It comes after what we call original sin. Now I want to read to you from the, the Genesis record of what happened as a result of original sin. This is in Genesis 3, verses 17 to 19. And uh, so Adam and Eve have sinned and uh, they're about to be cut off from the garden. And uh, God speaks to Eve and he tells her she's going to have a tough time in both conception and giving birth. And then he turns to Adam and this is what he says. Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall uh, bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Now I find it very interesting that after the flood, in the Noahic blessing, God says, I will not curse the land for your sake. In other words, God uses the negative of the curse that he pronounced over Adam. So how many people, I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up or anything like this, this is one of those rhetorical questions. How many people actually believe that the land is still cursed? A lot of people do. A lot of people do. And this translates into our attitude towards work. That work is drudgery. We only work because we need to pay the bills. Go back to the, the curse after original sin. You only worked so you could put food on the table. It was toil. It was drudgery. But listen to this. Right after the flood, God said, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. He reversed the curse on the land that came about as a result of or original sin. Now see, most of us only remember the rainbow and what God said about no more floods. The rainbow was a representation not only of that part of the covenant that God made with Noah, but it's a representation of the whole of the covenant. And part of that covenant is, I've lifted the curse off the land. See, God wiped the whiteboard clean and started over again. So Noah was not meant to find work, all toil and drudgery, and nor are we. Why? Because God gave humanity a fresh start. And I think it's a good thing for us to think about a fresh start so close to the 1st of January. 2019. I think also we should remind ourselves about Genesis 3 
sorry, Genesis 5, 29. When Noah was born, his father Lamech said this. When he gave the name Noah to his son, and this is what he said about his son. This one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. This one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. Wow. There's a prophetic statement by Noah's father. He's the one who's going to release us from the curse over the land that came about as the result of original sin. Now, I've never heard anybody preach this. And I can assure you I've done a lot of reading around this topic before I've actually shared it with you. And this is something that I've been meditating on now for, for years, not, not just a couple of days, but, but for years. And I feel now is the right time for us to grab hold of this blessing <coughs> and understand that after the flood, there was a fresh start for humanity. And God clearly said, I've lifted that curse from the land. That changes our whole way of thinking about work life. Go all the way back to Noah. Now I know, I do understand that a lot of work is not designed to be fun. But it's not God's fault. It, that's come about because human beings don't necessarily fully understand the, the heart of God. They don't necessarily fully understand His Word as it applies to the Christian life in general. That's one reason why we gather together as the body of Christ formally in congregations, hopefully every, every week, maybe even more often if we have midweek meetings. We do it so we can, we can learn together. But God, I think, is showing us more and more and more about the depth of his love and care and consideration for us. And as we delve into his word, we see over and over and over again his heart of blessings toward us. Now I have no doubt that if Noah hadn't offered a sacrifice to God after the flood, that blessing wouldn't have flowed. Noah, being a man of faith, a righteous man in God's eyes, understood God without the law and he sacrificed and it became a pleasant aroma in the nostrils of God and then God offers this blessing to Noah it contained everything that was in the Adamic blessing except subdue the earth and as I said I think that's probably because the earth didn't need so much subduing but it's highly significant, I think, that the first part of the blessing recorded for Noah 
was that God was never again going to curse the land on account of men. Don't you love that? Don't you just love that? So as we enter into this new year of 2019, I'm not really offering this up as a, as a scripture that we need to cling to for the whole of the year, but, but I want to put it to you. Something to think about, to meditate, to read about, as, as I've done. And I'm not at all convinced by people who say the curse that God lifted was only the curse of the flood. Because God uses the same words in a positive sense. In the blessing to Noah that he used when he cursed Adam. And Noah's own father, Lamech, actually prophesied over Noah at, at his birth. So, if you find life nothing but toil and drudgery, don't blame God. You might be able to blame the church because, you know, we need to stand with you. We need to stand on your behalf. We need to, to pray for you. I'm talking here about the institutional church. You might be able, at least in some measure, to blame Ignite Light Church because we don't pray enough for you and for your situations. Because things won't change if we don't pray. And if we don't teach you the truth of God, you won't necessarily flourish as God desires you to. But also, you have some individual responsibility. You need to change your thinking and align your thinking with the Word of God. God said to Noah, never again will I curse the land because of man. And you can take God at his word. So you can look forward to 2019 as a year of refreshing, as a year in which what you might think of as toil and drudgery actually turns around. And it might not happen overnight, but I can guarantee that it will happen. Never again will I curse the land because of men. And on that note, why don't we go and enjoy a little bit of community time. Anybody who would like some prayer, very welcome to come to the front if you're going. After that, I'll pray for you. Um, we can grab Jeanette.